Go on one. Are we going on one? Or are we going on zero? Zero. How about let's do it like this? Because this is like it's. Is, is it hard. three two <laughs> go or is it three two one go? Welcome to Off the Beaten Path, but not lost. With Tony, Kristen, Kylie, and Lexi. Join us on this RV full time living journey. Across the beautiful United States. Where the fail was. One hundred. <laughs> Welcome, Welcome to, to episode one hundred. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> oh my, one hundred! Can you believe it? We've done a hundred episodes. Well, ninety-nine, cause. This is our hundredth. We did the first episode like four times, so technically this is like <laughs> hundred and something. Yeah. And we've done a few over because they yeah. messed up. I honestly cannot believe we've done a hundred episodes. And I can't believe that we have people listening to us and giving us questions. So today is a bunch of those questions. We have compiled questions from Instagram, our voicemail that we've given you on each episode, and then also email. I also want to point out that we are going to continue to take questions through our voicemail. So you can leave questions on the voicemail and then let us know if you would like to um, play it or if you just want us to answer your question. Either way, we will answer your questions on future podcasts as well. Also, make sure you listen to episode 99. Uh, It's a compilation of our top podcasts. It's uh, some of our favorites and listener favorites. And it's good, so go listen to it. Yeah. All right, let's get into the questions. All right, here is a few. Let's start with, how long do you typically stay in one place? Well, this year has been different than most years. If you factor in wintering in Yuma, we stayed in Yuma quite a a bit. We stayed in Michigan in one spot for four months. And then... North Dakota for two. North Dakota for two whole months, almost two months. And now we're going back. We'll probably be in Yuma before the end of the year. So normally we only stay in one place for about two weeks. That's our sweet spot. We stay two weeks and then move to a different spot. However, this year has been a little different because of the things that we've done this year. Sometimes it really can depend on the location. You know, if it's somewhere amazing, like we've stayed around national parks, some of our favorite national parks for two weeks, boondocked. Others, we might just stay a week or five days and then move on to our next destination. But but we'll, sometimes we'll, if, even if it's a cool place, we'll stay a couple weeks and then move to a different area in that same national park or that same area. Yeah, like Yellowstone. So it, it really, it can vary, but like you were saying, one to two weeks is like our, is like our sweet spot. After two weeks, we start getting antsy. Yep. We have gotten a lot of questions about our Glacier National Park place to stay. This is actually kind of interesting because I've probably gotten at least three or four questions about this. And they all say something along the lines of like, we live in this area or we're going to this area. And we really want to go to that one spot that you talked about yep. in the podcast. So this is listed in... I think all three of our episodes are our blog posts. So we have two different show notes pages. We have episode 12. So the fail is.com slash 12. 
thefailas.com slash 45. And then we also have another blog post. It's just a blog post. It doesn't have like the podcast in there. And we talk about like good things to do with kids and dogs. Yep. And there's several good spots in that area, but this is, I'd say like the easiest one for us because it's so accommodating to like any size rig. Mm-hmm. And we've even got there in the dark before and had no problem getting into a spot that we were happy with. It's the Flathead National Forest. And I'm not going to read out the GPS coordinates to you because it's just, <laughs> you're not going to be able to write them down anyways. So just, I will have them linked in this episode's podcast, but we also have them linked in those two podcasts as well. If you ask that question, I replied to your email as well with the coordinates. Um, if I haven't already, it's in my list to do coming up. So you'll get it probably before this episode goes out. Okay. Another question we've got, how much does overnight RV parking typically cost? So the overnight parking fees can vary. A lot of times it's free if it's like a one-night stay somewhere, like a, like if we have to overnight at a Walmart or a rest area. Those are always free. Um, we Harvest hosts. Sometimes we stay at Harvest Hosts, which technically, you know, you pay the membership and your stay is free, but you are expected to spend $20 or more with the host if they have something for sale. We've stayed at them before that they didn't have anything for sale, they didn't expect you to spend any money there or take give a tip. Another one uh, associated with that is Boondockers Welcome. So that one is like a free stay. That's at, uh, instead of being at a business, that is at like an, a, another RVer's property or something like that. And we've met some really cool people staying at Boondockers Welcome and Harvest Host as well, because sometimes we stay at farms and stuff like that. So those are really neat uh, to, you know, mingle with other RVers and travelers. And we've even stayed at Boondockers Welcome that they don't even RV anymore. They just hang out and they just want to share their their property with other RVers. We don't normally stay at a campground for one night or for like an overnight, um, unless it's an emergency situation. Um, yeah, we don't. I don't. I think we've probably stayed at a campground maybe once or twice. Well, yeah. definitely once, but maybe, maybe one other time uh, for one night. We have stayed at city parks before. Yep. Those are campgrounds, so I guess you'd consider that campgrounds. City parks are normally easy because they're, like, in cities that we're in. You can drive in. Yeah, they're small. No one's there. You pay the little thing in the... Yeah, like a self-pay usually. Sometimes it's free. And it's, like, $20 or $25 normally around there. Um, But I do not like to do a campground if we're only going for one night because it's a bigger hassle. (laughs) to go check in and do all that. Like I hate, I hate the hassle for like a one night stay. So normally we won't stay at a campground for one night. So our typical cost is free. Yeah. And on that note, it's usually like, we don't even consider it because if we're doing like an after work, uh, travel day or something, we don't like to get into places at night and, and, you know, unless it's a parking lot or rest area or whatever, just for ease of setting up and leaving. Um, so, you know, if we're going to get there in the dark and only stay the night and then leave in the morning or something, or if you have to work the next day, if a checkout's at 11, we got to pack everything up and then move somewhere else anyways and work for the day. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's just, it becomes a big hassle for one night. It's much easier to do, you know, a Walmart parking lot or yep. something like that, rest area. And usually we'd only have like a one night stay if we're, you know, in between destinations, like beelining, if you will. How do you get mail, internet, TV, phone service, 
while living in an RV? We have gotten this question so many times. I've actually put this in a different uh, like question podcast that we did where we answered a bunch of questions. This is one of those as well because yeah. it is a commonly asked question. And, and we have a podcast on it. Yep. And a lot of people that we talk to, you know, uh, that aren't RVers and they're asking about full-time RVing and stuff, that's like always a question. How do you yeah. do that? How do you get packages or mail or whatever? Thefeelis.com slash 25 tells you all about it. But the short story is we have a forwarding mail service in Texas called Escapees Mail. Uh, and all of our mail, like paper mail, goes there. And then they forward it to us when we are at an address. We order it. Um, any packages, anything like that, we can normally have delivered to the campgrounds if we're going to be there and we're going to get the package in time. We also use Amazon lockers. Mm -hmm. We've used UPS stores. And post office does it as well. They're not as easy, but. Yeah, yeah I said, they're less reliable and... <laughs> So Dan and Kathy Huffman from Harleton, Montana, they asked a few questions. So we're just going to like rapid fire. These. Yep. All right. So their first question was, I'd be interested in knowing more about your solar system. How did the install go? Components used, cost, how you mounted the solar panels, and would you do anything different? Tony, this is all you. <laughs> how did the install go? It went pretty smooth. I did it at a campground. In Arizona. That was the solar panels, right? The solar panels, yep. The batteries and inverter I did at a campground in Florida. And that was a little rougher. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was very inexperienced. I knew just enough to be dangerous and not have it working properly the first night. So that is the hardest part probably is the batteries and the inverter and all that. He had to, you know, run all the wires. We had we did a separate system that we hate, to be honest, and we'll probably replace sometime. Um, you can talk about that in a minute when you get into all the details. Um, but, yeah, something wasn't working the first night, and we're in Florida with no air conditioning, so that was not fun. Um, but a friend helped us, and we got it fixed that day. I mean, it was a really quick – it was a simple fix. Yeah. Like I forgot to hook up the ground. Yeah. <laughs> so so for the most part, it was a pretty easy install. It did take all day, um, and we were in Florida, and it was hot. Did I mention that part? <laughs> yeah, and it was such a big deal because it was inside work with, like, the, you know, the breaker panel and all the wiring behind there. Um, I had to pull the fridge out of its space. Um, I had to wire the, the, the part in between. Which is called the Smart Phase Selector, which is a, it's a device that we've had problems with. We've had it replaced since we've replaced it uh, a couple times, and we'll eventually be phasing that out when we get in when we upgrade our system. But and the inverter itself, I took an old inverter out, which was a small inverter that came from the factory, replaced it with a bigger Victron. Did you sell the older one? Yeah. Okay. Sold it to some guy in Texas who was building the van. And um, it required all new wiring and stuff. So it was a big thing for me. And I was very nervous and like the anxiety was high <laughs> to do it. That was one of the, it was just one of those things that I was kind of like dragging my feet to even start it. But then once you start it, it's just like game on. You just got to do it. So <laughs> yeah, because we had no power. <laughs> and I had to buy a bunch of tools to get it started. I had to make all my own cables. I ordered, you know, four out cable for the wiring, for the batteries and stuff, and for the inverter, so. And we did that in Florida, and then 
we had that for what a year that was in 2020 yep okay. i did that and then we got our solar panels in arizona yep then one year later in arizona yep. yep so um that allowed us to save back up and get more money and and that was another thing when we bought the batteries because we bought uh battleborn batteries so we got lithium we bought the inverter we bought a bunch of uh accessories for that stuff and they actually gave us a good deal on a solar controller so we kind of had a bundle but we bought that solar controller the charge controller just uh in advance of because we knew we were going to add solar panels eventually mm -hmm. it was a good I enough mean, deal it was a plan it was part of the plan to get the solar panels yeah so like we actually we may have even already knew what panels we were going to get to be honest i we hadn't i hadn't planned oh, that far hadn't. ahead okay. no but i knew that we were going to do it so yeah. and he gave me such a good deal on it that uh, it was hard to pass up yeah we wouldn't have passed it up yeah we were definitely getting solar panels because that was the entire point yep <laughs> Really the big deal, I mean, so we it allowed us to, that time difference allowed us to save up, but also we needed to get to a spot that we were going to be staying for a period of time mm -hmm. so that you could do it. And we, after we left Florida, we were then moving again every couple of weeks. Once we got back to Arizona, then you had enough time to do that again. Yep. And during this whole time, I was kind of like doing research on like uh, uh, Facebook groups for RV solar and... Um, forums online and stuff about it and um the way that our roof is made we don't it's on a lot of these class a's it's a very thin material like some of the fifth wheels i was reading about they have like a super thick plywood underlay you know under whatever sheathing yeah so it's easy to screw those panels down so i because mine was so thin we only have like a quarter inch layer of wood up there um uh, underneath our rubber roof so what i did was I've tried to find the best, um, the best fastener to hold tight in there. And I ended up with, I ended up using what they're called, uh, well nuts. So they're big round rubber, um, kind of nuts with a flat head. You drill a hole and you put it down in there. And then as you screw the bolt into it, it expands. So it expanded, it expands underneath that wood to hold it down. And what I did to mount the panels, instead of mounting those directly to the roof, I actually did like a strut channel, which is kind of like a C or U-shaped channel um, in certain lengths for the panels. That way I could remove the panels off of the roof to f for maintenance or to replace them or whatever without actually pulling it off the roof itself. So you could take off one panel and the bars are still there. Yep. And then you can put the panel back. Yep. So that answers the question of how you mounted them. The components used... We had Victron, all Victron stuff except yep. for the Battleborn batteries. Yep. I, we actually have, um, I mean, you could probably, if you might remember, I don't know the model of the inverter we have. Yeah, it's a 3000 VA. So it's a, it's roughly about 2400 watts. And then what about our charger? It's a 15085 charge controller. And those are all Victron. Yep. And then... And we've uh, got the... Um, there's a Bluetooth dongle that goes with it. The, and we have the um, the Victron. I think it's a 712. It's like a battery monitor. It's Bluetooth. So we have all everything that we have in our Victron components, I can see on an app on my phone. So that makes it nice to see where the battery level is, to see where how much solar we're getting. And after he put it in, he would like... When we'd be boondocking, he'd be staring at his phone... 
all the time looking at that and like yelling at us about different <laughs> things. And then that was like, when did we get the final? When did we finally get everything hooked up? The solar panels, I think, went on like April of 2021. Okay. So in 2021, he did that. Every time we'd go boondocking, he would uh, like be gawking at his phone. It's now 2023 and he's still gawking at his phone and he's still yelling at us. Yeah. <laughs> so, but we've only had a few issues with it. Mainly um, like. Well, there was something wrong with the batteries, right? And then you just had to fix something and then we haven't had that issue again. Yeah. So basically what it was, we'd go to bed with a full charge or so it said, and we would wake up and the batteries would be dead already or because they actually shut off by themselves. Uh, they're kind of like self-controlled with like a like a internal battery monitor system. So I called Victron, or actually I called uh, Battleborn, and they kind of talked me through a couple things. And um, so basically, the batteries weren't actually getting a full charge compared to what the battery monitor showed. So we just had to reset some some settings and then get it up to the right voltage, and it's been good so far. And it's actually happened a couple times since then and i'm able to reset it and sync it and it's all good to go the number was showing what it actually wasn't right or something yeah so this maybe i said that weird there's two <laughs> major components to like what you're looking at is state of charge which would be like your 75 percent or 100 percent or whatever mm -hmm. then there's the actual voltage the voltage is actually more important than the state of charge so it they were out of sync oh, okay so i just had to change some settings charge the batteries up to the correct voltage and then reset it to a hundred percent. And then we were good to go. Yep. The, the last part of that question is, would you do anything different? And I think I know the answer to that. You would not get the, if I had to do change anything or do it over again, I would skip the smart phase selector. I would either run two inverters to get uh, more power to the RV from the batteries or if that wasn't a really concern, they have a new Victron inverter of the same size, but it actually runs two legs of power instead of one. That's why we had the smart face selector to begin with. So it just simplifies everything. So yeah. I'm, we're, when we upgrade, I mean, I'm going to do one of those two things, get a second inverter or just switch it all out. Yeah. Replace it to the inverter that does both. Yep. And that's because we have two legs of power that run, like one runs half of our stuff, the other run. Yeah runs the other half yeah basically it's on the 50 amp if we're running 50 uh, off of a 50 amp plug that's what makes the difference yep and at the time when we did it um the only way for us to do it would be to have two inverters and one that's double the expense but two there's not enough really enough room and that. it's a little bit more complicated when you yeah. get into two inverters so and i just wasn't experienced enough to do that so we got this and it was working for the most part it only has a few issues you hate it but it only has a few different issues with it um but i actually think they stopped selling them right yeah do they do something else or are they just i will say their customer service is from am solar their customer service was amazing i was in contact i think his name was mitch um he's the guy he's actually the engineer who designed the, the thing and there they had like a couple different variations of it um they the one we had a problem with in the beginning they overnighted to us a new one they actually ended up selling sending us another one after that and that was a very quick 
thing too. They never wanted any of them back. Yeah. And they're very, very nice. The guy was very, like, the place is very nice. I think they stopped selling it. They either sell something different now or they didn't. It's nothing wrong with the selector itself. It's just, it's a very sensitive. It is, yeah. It's very sensitive. So when there's a lack of power or something from, like, the pedestal runs into issues. We've talked about it on past episodes, but that's probably the only thing we would do different with our solar. Um, And then, of course, add more solar. (laughs) Oh uh, yeah, that's another thing I would do is um we have twelve hundred watts of solar. I did three four hundred watt panels. And uh And where'd we get those? We got them from Santan Solar in Gilbert, Arizona. That's where we stayed near there at an R V park. So it was very easy to do it all. And they sell a lot of used panels. I think we got these panels for like two hundred bucks a piece, which is a pretty good deal. But you can get them How'd we get them? I rented a Home Depot truck. Oh yeah, okay. I couldn't remember. <laughs> yep. <laughs> And I bought all their accessories from them. They have everything that you need for any type of solar installation. And they also sell pallets of solar panels, and uh, they sell a lot of used stuff. The so, panels we got were residential, yep. too. I should mention that. But it all worked out really good. Uh, but if I were to do anything different with my solar, I would have it doubled or more. <laughs> we really don't need it. Next question is we'd be interested in knowing more about taking your oven out, using an induction cooktop, crockpot, ninja, and other items that use a lot of electricity. Um, and then he asked a couple questions on this. Number one, can you use these items on solar or do you have to run your generator? And then the second question we'll ask in a minute. So I answer that one. So as far as uh, taking the oven out, it was very simple uh, as far as, the physical removal of it, um, it's a, the stovetop and oven were propane. They were one piece. Just undid some screws, took off some, um, like, face plates, pulled it out, undid the propane line, actually got a propane, a copper plug for that propane line and made sure that it was sealed up properly. Um, sold it. Sold that to somebody who was renovating an RV because we'd never used the oven, so it was mm-hmm. in pretty good shape. Um. And then we bought an induction stove, put it in the, we put a piece of board in and then put that in and just made it look as good as we could when we had the granite countertop. But when we redid our countertop in Michigan, we We, put in a butcher block and then made a specific hole for a new induction top. Yep. So the induction is really cool. I like it. Um, They're very fragile. That's actually why this is our second one, because Tony broke the last one. Yeah, I dropped. I had a pan in my hand, and I kind of it kind of slipped. And before I could actually catch it, the edge of it tapped the glass face of it, and it cracked. It spider webbed. It still worked. We still use it for a couple months after that. But I was a little bit more careful, not getting any liquids on it or anything. They're not too expensive. I think they're like a hundred bucks or hundred and fifty bucks. It just depends. I think I don't remember how much this one was. I do have it linked in one of the show notes of our remodel. This one is a vertical one, and the I think when you use two pans, it's kind of hard. Maybe a little too small, yeah. but it's I'm still okay with it because it gives us a lot more space on the counter. Yeah, the I like the extra it. counter space. Um, And then as far as using all of our appliances, we have no issues when we use solar. Yep. Uh, Every, when we're boondocking, we use everything like normal. Tony hates me for it, but (laughs) he yells at me. Well, it's because we have like 50 electronics running all at the same time. Yeah. (laughs) But I. That's why I'm constantly (laughs) monitoring our setup. (laughs) 
but we have a residential refrigerator um, and then all of the appliances you just mentioned, the, you know, the crock pot, the ninja, the induction. I have a computer running. I have a server. Um, I have all the things. And mm-hmm. I monitor. Run, yeah. And we watch TV and we run everything. My deal with Tony was I will boondock anywhere. I will go days without a shower, <laughs> but I am going to use all everything in my house like I want to use it. Yep. <laughs> so you need to make sure that we have enough battery and solar to do that. Yep. Um, and we do. We um, we turn on our generator if normally only once. Yeah, if we're boondocking for several days in a row, um, kind of like off, uh, we'll say off grid, um, we typically run our generator for maybe an hour or two a day just to make sure everything's topped off if we need to. Sometimes, like yeah, like in the middle of the summer when the sun is like prime and we're getting a lot of solar, it's keeping our batteries up. We don't really have to worry about it. But in the winter, the we don't have enough solar to keep up with all the things we do all day. So usually before we go to bed, we'll run it to just top off the batteries. Now, if you're a normal person and you don't use every single thing, you probably would be fine. Yeah. And with at least our system and you wouldn't need to do what we do. But running the generator for one or two hours is not a big deal because we have an onboard generator. Mm -hmm. Um, So we just turn it on, run it for a couple hours and then turn it off. And to be honest, I think it's really quiet too. I don't think our generator is very loud. All right. Um, The Ninja, you asked what Ninja we have. Um, oh, that was the second question. Do you have the new Ninja Speedy? Uh, no, we do not. I don't know what that is. I'm going to have to look it up because it sounds interesting. Like, does it make it quicker? Does it make my food quicker? <laughs> <laughs> I like the idea of that. We have the Ninja Foodie Grill 5-in-1. And our favorite cooking appliances would probably be that. Yeah, we use it almost every day. Yeah, love that thing. The crock pot is also a new addition. I mean, it was like 13 bucks, and, and the, it's I like will say, a great tool. Out of all the kitchen appliances uh, that we use, especially like when we're boondocking, the crock pot, it takes longer, obviously, but it makes good food. Um, it uses the least amount of power. Like, you don't even know it's, not, it's there. The other thing that we do with the crock pot, which we might get some hate mail for this uh, or bad comments for it, but... Uh, we actually will start our food on boondocking when we're, like, drive days. And yep. we'll, like, have it cooking <laughs> while yeah. we're driving. And then when we get to our spot, you know, we have a roast We have delicious pulled pork <laughs> when we settle exactly. down. What are our favorite recipes? I'd say, like, from scratch for me is um, chicken Alfredo. Yep. Tacos. Tacos. We do our tacos a little different. We don't use taco seasoning. Because I don't like taco seasoning. Well, like packet taco seasoning. We yeah. make our own with just like some simple spices and stuff. We usually have it pretty mild. A lot of times we'll dice up some onions while the meat's cooking and put it in there. But one tip for tacos, which I just found watching uh, Adventures of A&K. <laughs> watching Adventures of A&K, they had, what is it, Taco Land tortillas. Yeah. So we got those. Those are amazing. They're not cooked yet, so you need to cook yeah. them. But they're so good. Yeah, they're so. like raw flour tortillas. So, And we use the Blackstone for that so that we can do multiple. We usually do like three or four at a time. And they're they're very good. Another thing that we like to do is um, get a little pan and some of the, like, the smaller corn tortillas mm, mm-hmm. and um, heat up some oil and fry those babies up and make our own like crunchy tacos. And also, Dan makes really good gravy and biscuits. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we use, well, go ahead. (laughs) 
I don't know what we use actually. <laughs> <laughs> we we like it spicy. That's what I wanted to say, but I didn't know exactly usually I just, how you did that. So. <laughs> <laughs> on that, I just mix uh, like a half a pound. I usually cook a whole pound of sausage, but it's a half a pound of regular sausage and a half a pound of hot or spicy. And then we don't make our own biscuits. We've tr- I've tried before and I didn't really do well, so <laughs> we just do a little, uh, you know. We need a recipe. Yeah, we need a recipe for good biscuits. If you have them, send them our way. But you know, eight biscuits, like eight of the grands, fit perfectly in our air fryer, and it takes <laughs> nine minutes to cook them. So while the other stuff, the gravies simmering, the biscuits are cooking, it's all done very quickly. And it's so good. I love it. <laughs> that was a good question, Dan and Kathy. We actually get asked that a lot. What are your favorite recipes? Um, we're going to answer another question like that later. Their fourth question is, what are your actual campground costs for your Thousand Trails membership? You're often saying that you're staying for free. What is the annual membership cost? Have you prorated in the initial expense of the membership fee? How many nights do you have to stay per year before you're actually staying for free? So this is a really good question, and it is kind of confusing how we say it. So I've broke this all down for you. <laughs> the first year we had a pass and the trails collection. We did not have a membership, and it was $757.02. That's how much we paid on trails, all for, or 1,000 trails that year. <laughs> so for that year, which was 2019, to break even, uh, we had to stay 22 days in the park and that's at $35. Okay. Cause that's a like my, that's like my like number. <laughs> um, and everyone else has their own number. And to be fair, the parks, the thousand trails are all worth more than $35. Yeah. So <laughs> you would pay more if you were staying there, uh, without a membership. We stayed 35 days that year. So we paid more than, or we stayed more than we, um, paid. The next year, we actually bought our membership, and it was $5,145 is how much we paid. Um, And then we had to buy, like, um, the trails off or the Thousand Trails collection. Mm -hmm. Um, Which includes the Encore Parks. And I think we got waived fees that year, so we didn't have to pay any fees. So our total that year was $5,351.24. So to break even that year, we had to spend 153 days in the park, which we only spent 103 days. And that's because some of the year we had actually already paid to stay at a campground. So we bought it like in March or March or April or something. Yeah, it was like during COVID. Yeah. And so, and then we were leaving Florida and we were going into the middle of the country, which is where there's no thousand trails. (laughs) So we actually stayed 103. We didn't stay the full time, but it all works out in the end. You'll hear. In 2021, we did not have to pay for the membership again. We only had to pay for our dues that year. Um, And the first year, I think we had, or in this year, we had less dues because Um, we didn't have to pay our trails collection, I think is how it worked out or something. I'm not exactly sure on that, to be honest, but we only paid $759 and 80 cents for a thousand trails that year. And that's in 2021. So we had to stay 22 days to break even and we stayed 171. Not bad. Yeah. Um, 2022, our dues did not have the free trails collection. So we had to pay for the trails collection and then our dues 
were normal. So, uh, so that year we paid $1,095.68 in dues for 1,000 trails and like our annual fees, everything that we had to pay. And that was 31 days to break even, and we stayed 228 days. Mm. So, and then for 2023, and this is up to right now. So we're actually going to be staying at 1,000 trails at the end of this, or at the end of December. So this will get even better. But as of right now, um, we've only, st- or just so you know, the dues are going to be about $1,051.44. And that's through the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, to break even, that's 30 days. And we've stayed 42 days so far. So we've already broke even and a little and less. I, I think we, as far as our reservations go right now, we have um, 35 days reserved in an encore Yep. at the end of the year. So we'll be well above and beyond again. So total membership fees for 1,000 trails from 2019 through 2023, and this includes our membership passes that we had in the beginning. This includes our membership fee for the package, and this includes the dues, is $7,963.74. To break even, we would have had to stay like, and this is at the $35 fee, 228 days. We stayed 579 days so far in a thousand trails. And if you just divide the total that we've paid by the 579, it's $13.75 a night. So, yeah. so if, every if, thousand trails that we've stayed at is well, well worth $13.75 yeah. a night. Yeah. <laughs> Except for maybe Vegas. I don't know. That one's about a $13 a night part. No, it's not. <laughs> You're like right by the strip. You would pay. Yeah. No, that's worth it too. I mean, $13.75, you're not going to get that for any camp, campground no. or anywhere, anywhere. So <laughs> we've definitely got our money, our money's worth yeah. for that. And I would recommend 1,000 Trail membership for anyone, to be yep. honest, if you're full-timing. It's not always convenient um, for, because it's only around the, like, outside of the country, but that's where you're wintering. Yep. <laughs> that's where, you know, like it, even if you only use it in the winter time, it'll probably be worth it in the long run. Just another couple fees since we're in here, I did some extra math here. Um not including 2023, um we've spent $8,425.10 total on all of our memberships and membership dues and $13,764.63 for campgrounds and that's for 2019 through 2022 so total pretty cool pretty good all right question five we're going to answer everybody else's questions in the second podcast (laughs) because (laughs) because dan and kathy asked all of them no i'm just kidding you guys have such good questions we love them and so we wanted to use all of them and to be fair a lot of your questions are what other people ask too so it kind of works out great Number five is a great question, and this is a reason why I liked your questions, too, is because they were funny and (laughs) bring up funny stories like this one. In one podcast, there was something mentioned about, quote, drilling a hole in the roof and ending up with no electricity, end quote. What happened? Ah, squirrels. (laughs) What happened, Lex? Dad drew a hole through the ceiling. (laughs) I drilled two holes. I drilled one from the inside out with a small drill bit, 
which was perfectly fine. And then I got on the roof with a big, nasty hole saw and started drilling through. And uh, as I was sitting there drilling, I was kneeling down right next to the AC unit. And uh, I kind of, it snarled up a little bit and my AC shut off. Thinking that it was like 90 degrees out. So that was a little weird. So I pulled the drill out and sure enough, there was a big tangle of wires (laughs) in there where I had just drilled through. What I was doing was I was installing a booster antenna for our Wi-Fi Ranger. Wi-Fi Ranger. That we use for like three months. Yep. (laughs) So the only way to get it into the house from that antenna was to go through the roof. I found the perfect place where the wire would be hidden in between the living room and bathroom in like a pocket door space. So I drilled up through there. It was fine when I made the bigger hole. Turns out it was all my 12-volt wiring. <laughs> so we we had, had to hire a guy. Yep. Mobile tech yep. came out. He's awesome. Yeah, Super we, cool guy. And he, he gave us a great price. He did it uh, fairly quickly. Like I think he did it within two days of us calling him because we called him like 9 o'clock at night. And, uh, you know, I think he did it help. the next day. Maybe. I don't I know. I think we only stayed one night at a hotel. Hmm. I don't remember. But yeah. either way, we had to go get a... We were staying in um, on Alaska, Texas, which is by Livingston. I was working in Huntsville, so we actually got a hotel in Huntsville right by my work. So that worked out okay, but... But the funny thing is, he handed us the bill, and I thought for sure, like, when you brought it in to, like, give to me, I was like... Is that it? Like, yeah. Is that the whole bill? And you're like, yeah. wait, what? Like, should we pay I him thought, more? Yeah, should we pay him some more? Like, I thought it was going to be at least three times that. Yeah. At least three. I don't remember what we paid. Like, it was like 250 bucks. Yeah, it was like two something, yep. <laughs> and he, I think he came out on a weekend. I don't remember that. Yeah, but, I think it was a weekend. But I don't know for sure, but I, I know, think it like was a weekend. The, from the time it happened and we called him, we called several places. And one guy, like, before he even... I told him what I did. I drilled through some wires. He said, oh, it's probably all going to have to be rewired. So (laughs) I was like, okay, well, let me call around because that doesn't sound fun or cheap. But that was just probably that guy's way of saying, I don't want any part of that. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Next question. Are you happy with your RO system for drinking water? Would you do anything different? What would you suggest for an RV that does not have the room for an RO system? Um, we are very happy with our system. Yeah. I highly recommend it. If, if you have, it doesn't take up too much room. I mean, we have it in a garage that is, give me some dimensions, Tony. Um, it's one of our smaller ones, but probably 16 by 18. Yeah. So it's not and it, big. And it actually could be in a smaller space than that. I mean, didn't we have it under our sink or no? No, we No, didn't. we had it, we had it in another garage, okay. but we ended up moving it. To that other one. Yeah. because it, it just took a lot more work, but mm-hmm. once we were finally on the road, we did that. Yeah. When I first installed it, it was in our driveway at our house and I had no idea what I was doing. I was like, I'm just going to put it in this super really convenient, big. huge garage because <laughs> yeah. it was right under the sink, you know, where we were going to put it. But we needed that, that spot for, you know, like real things. Yeah. Practical <laughs> things. So we put it in a garage that was kind of a useless garage. Um, I think that this could fit in almost every rig you could find a spot for it because it's really i think so it's not too big but there are some other systems there's this one that is um it's like light or what is that led uv uv um and that's a super small 
setup. And I don't know how well that works. I think, um, so less junk, more journey has that system. Um, and they've raved about it. I think they even talk about the power that they've used, that they use with it. And it works fine with their solar. Um, however, I can't imagine that it takes out all the, the flavor. Our water has no smell, no flavor. It's like really good water. I can't taste anything in our water. And it goes through five different filters, I think. Five? Yes. Six? Yeah, it's five. a five-stage. Yeah, five-stage filter. So it goes through five different filters. The UV one doesn't go through any filters. So I can't imagine that being really good, but maybe. Um, but if you don't have the room, you can check out that UV one, see what you thought, what your thoughts are on that. Um, but they also have, like, the clear source one. Yeah. That's, which that's, is outside. Yeah, exactly. I think they have some, or you could actually probably mount that in your water bay or somewhere along the lines. But the clear source one would plug in, so you would plug it in between the hookup and your RV. So that's actually all your water runs yep. through there. Ours only is our fresh water. Ours is only our drinking water. It doesn't come out of, it doesn't filter our faucets, Yep. like our sink and our kitchen and, and our bathroom sinks. Right. It's, we use it specifically for drinking and for our ice maker. That's it. But the clear source, it, they're, they're nice. They're high quality. They are pretty expensive, and they have several different options. We also know people who use, like, um, Berkey's, which I don't know if. I think that takes up more space on those your are, counter. Yeah. Those are banned or something. So there was some oh, sort yeah, of drama with, with Berkey's. That. I don't know. But um, <laughs> I know I've seen people use, like, the Brita um Oh, yeah. The Brita water jugs with a built-in filter system. Mm-hmm. You know, if you just fill that up with your faucet directly in there and then just pour it through, those are always an option. You just have less water. You know, you have maybe a gallon at a time. Or, you know, we know people who specifically rely on uh, drinking water in jugs. Like, you can get them, get the big jugs, like the five-gallon ones from Walmart and have them filled. So, But we would not do anything different. So we would have that. Their last question is, any plans to do video? Yes. No. (laughs) (laughs) Some Um, of us have plans to do videos. Others do not. So there's multiple videos we want to do. We take so much video. Like when we're, um, you know, in the national parks and stuff, we have drone video. We have a lot of video. Not from national parks. We don't. (laughs) Well, we don't have drone videos from national parks, but we do have a lot of videos in national parks. And we have video everywhere we go. We have a lot of different drone videos, um, and we don't share any of them. And they're great. Sometimes I look back on some of the drone footage that Tony's taken, and I'm like, seriously, we stayed there? That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> like, and he, we don't share any of it. So our goal this year was to share more video. We have not. We're going to try that again next year as our goal. So <laughs> Tony is mostly saying no about video podcast i would love to add a camera in so you guys could see us set up here and doing the videos but he already hates editing and he doesn't want to have to edit in the video as well (laughs) but i told him he'd edit less probably i think as far as i don't want to do the podcast video that doesn't sound i don't like to be on camera (laughs) first of all and as far as like just like even like youtube videos we don't really take any type of like vlog style videos anyways we just take video like more like home videos you know so i don't know what kind of content that would be yeah we're gonna figure something out because we have some really good video we got to share some of these cool places yeah all right let's get into some more questions here okay 
Um, I'm going to read these two together. They are actually from different people. So um, one question is, how do you handle limited space and privacy, especially with kids? And then we have another question that is similar, but this is an audio. So go ahead and play that, Tony, and then we'll answer that question. What's up, guys? I am in the gym, and either in the gym or driving, I always listen to your podcast. So fun, so informative. Keep going. You guys are doing a great job. Congratulations on the 100th episode. And I'm Tico uh, from That Discomfort Zone. And you guys have two kids. Uh, me and Denise have baby Pearl. And my question is, how do you guys manage to get uh, date nights only, only as a couple, not with the kids when you are in the road? What's the what, what's the the setup there? Do you guys do or don't do at all? It's just something that you just take out of your list of things to do. <laughs> Sometimes we and the music try to to find ways, but it's not easy. So if you have any tips, much appreciated. And thank you very much. All right. So that is that discomfort zone on Instagram. Um, that is a good question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we get asked this question all of the time. How do we do date nights? Forget about it. <laughs> <laughs> this you is know. a great question. It's, it is hard, at least for us. So first, our kids can be alone without us. They're old enough. As long as we're still in the same campground, we, I would not leave the same, I would not leave the campground, obviously. Um, but Tony and I can go down to like the hot tub or we can sit outside. We've, we've had, we've been to fires, yeah. and, you know, at other campsites and stuff. And our kids are in the house. Yep. Um, and we're okay with that. Uh, but we wouldn't leave to go on a date somewhere. No. For sure. That's why we have family come visit us. Yeah. <laughs> that would be my biggest tip is if you can have family come visit or if you're in the area of family or friends, um, that, you know, can be babysitters. The other advantage, the other thing you can do is, you know, your kids can have a bedtime, which ours don't either. That's another <laughs> bad thing. <laughs> I've always homeschooled my kids even before we went full time. And Tony used to work late. So my kids never had like a bedtime, which was the worst thing I ever could do because now they stay up all night and they can stay up all night. We can. Uh, if you listen to our last podcast, you'll hear that we stayed up till four one day. <laughs> one day. Um, so we can stay up late. Um, but yeah, back to the, the question. Um, however, we can say, listen, your dad and I want to watch a rated R movie. You guys need to go to bed. And yep. <laughs> um, they go to bed and... Um, and then we can stay up and watch a movie or whatever. Yep. Throw fit. <laughs> yeah, they do throw fit sometimes, but we can make it work. And I, another thing that not nothing that we really do, but I do. We have met several people. If you caravan with other RVers, or if you have a, uh, if you're all staying, you know, a bunch of RVer friends are staying in the same campground. Sometimes you can have sleep. The kids can have sleepovers and stuff like that. So that might give you uh, opportunity to do a date night or something. Yeah. So I know you probably had uh, 
you want to know more about that question, and obviously this is a family-friendly, so that's about where that's going to stop. But <laughs> the rest of it, you just do like you live in an apartment. <laughs> it all works out. A very close apartment. <laughs> you just got to make it work. Um, okay, next question. Do you ever get tired of living in such a small space? No. No. Yes, kind of. Maybe. Yes. No, yes. Yeah. No, yes. Kind yeah. of. Maybe, kind of. <laughs> in the middle. In the middle. In, in the, the middle. middle 50 50. <laughs> so for me, it's uh, I miss having like a real garage with a tool collection. Because I used to do a lot of projects at our house. We renovated an old farmhouse. So over the course of eight years, I acquired all the power tools. So that part I miss. Uh, or, you know, have a garage to work on cars or whatever. Other Actually, than that, any of the garage, any of the space, the storing space and, like, putting stuff, Tony has a bit every storage, day. Storage, yeah. You could hear, if you're camping near us, <laughs> Tony has to go out to one of the garages. <laughs> You may hear some uh, expletives. Yes. <laughs> and you will hear some slam doors. I mean, it's so funny. I will look out the window and I sometimes I like laugh out loud because I'm like, what is that? And I look out and I see Tony. <laughs> They're like, oh, he's just trying to get something out of one of our garages. <laughs> the Tupperwares come flying out. <laughs> we're, the min- we're the worst minimalists ever. That is a question here. So we'll get to that in a second. Yeah, you. I looked at. The window after hearing like a bunch of little bangs, a bunch of big bangs, and I, I was like, "What is that?" And the dogs were freaking out and everything, and <laughs> we would all look out the window, and Dad's flying stuff around the <laughs> yard. We've and had toilet paper. Ro- We've had toilet paper rolls flying everywhere. <laughs> That's all one the- thing you don't need to do is you don't need to shop Costco for <laughs> toilet paper. Hey. We it's come in handy, has it not? You, you Have to- you seen our Ritz crackers? My point to that is, you can buy toilet paper anywhere. <laughs> you don't need a hundred rolls of it. So no, I do not. I love, I love our size of our RV. I would not need a bigger one, um, and I don't need a big house. When we decide to buy a house, um, we will be getting a smaller house now for sure. Now that I've lived here, I know that. I don't want a big house because it's super easy to keep clean when it's smaller. Yeah. <laughs> um, but at the same time, sometimes, and it's normally like storing stuff. So I think if we had a, um, uh, like a base that we could store half of our stuff, yep. um, it would be much better because we wouldn't have to take so much with us um, every single time we go out. Um, so that's that's where the problem comes in. But as far as like, Living with my family in a small space, no. no. I love I love all these guys. And if we had a base, then it would be so much easier for, like, all of our toy system. It would be so much easier. <laughs> we could actually leave stuff behind, but Lexi and I get so sad to leave, like, our entire box behind or something. Or all of our stuffed animals. You guys bad. have stored a lot of toys. Lexi, really quick before we move on, why did you say no? Well, I said no because... Or yes. Why did you say yes? I said yes because we need more storage <laughs> and um, maybe a bigger bathroom and then and some stairs. Yeah, Lexi is obsessed with stairs, so. She just wants a couple staircases. You know what? Those will get old eventually. <laughs> stairs will get old. 
The next question, how long did it take you to downsize? Um, as you could tell in the last question, we're still downsizing. Yeah. <laughs> we still have a problem with downsizing. So let's say two years. <laughs> we're always downsizing. We're always taking time to go through our stuff and make sure that it's still something we want to take up space in yeah. our life because <laughs> our space is very small. So it has to be worth it to stay here. Um, but if you're talking about like when we actually um, sold our house and all of that, we bought our RV in 2016 and we had planned on going full timing yep. at that time. So I would say in 2016, we stopped buying things probably or bigger things and maybe slowly started downsizing. Um, in 2019, we went full time. Was it 2019 January, yeah. right? Yeah. So, so 2018 technically. So if you haven't heard before on our other podcast, in Michigan, we really only had the summer to RV. So in the summer, like May, June, we would kind of move into the RV in our driveway just for like practice runs. But we'd stay the summer in the RV, even just in our driveway. But in 2018, that spring or summer, when we moved into the RV, that was like the final move in. We had no plans going back into the house and... That's when we kind of went full force. That summer and fall of 2018, we finished up the house. We, you know, we got all everything buttoned up. We started selling stuff on Facebook Marketplace. I started going through my garage and getting all that stuff sold. We donated a lot to like donated Heart. so much stuff. Yeah, mm -hmm. clothes, like truckloads. Yep. <laughs> yep. We never had any garage sales or anything like that because where we we were rural. And it was, I think it's harder for us to, it would have been harder for us. Pain. And they kind of are a pain in the butt. So we <laughs> decided really against that. And I just used, basically used Craigslist and Facebook Marketplace. But yeah, we're always downsizing. So for, to downsize out of our house, it probably took us a couple of years slowly. Um, you could easily, I mean, I would say the last like six months, we really did it all. Yep. Um, Cause we're procrastinators. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, it doesn't take too long to downsize. All right, we have a couple questions from the Mad Nomads 2019 on Instagram. Some of our Instagram buds. Yep. First question is, when y'all stopping by the Nomad Ranch? Maybe this year. <laughs> <laughs> no, we actually have, um, we actually have to be in Colorado area, like where you're located um for possibly a couple of years because our kids have to get braces so we may be dming you sooner than you think yeah <laughs> and then he had a second question uh which state has been the biggest surprise when you visited and i'm gonna start and i'm gonna give you guys all one rule you can't pick the same thing so we all have to pick something different and i'm picking idaho <laughs> that's not fair <laughs> idaho is uh Definitely our surprise state. We were thinking it was not going to be what it was. It was amazing. Uh, spent six weeks there instead of one. You've heard the story. We've talked about it so many times. Um, just a great state, and we can't go back. There's still so much more of that state we need to explore. And then I'm actually going to throw in a little bonus one. It's not a state, so you can still use Colorado as a state if you want. But I'm going to throw in seeing the Rocky Mountains in real life was a huge surprise to me. I didn't, like, really realize how big the Rocky Mountains were uh, until I was in them. And they're amazing. Yeah. Biggest surprise. You can't pick Idaho. Um, Washington. 
Ooh, yeah. Ooh, good one. Why? What did you like the best about it? I like the sunsets. Um, oh. That's pretty like much Like ocean it. sunsets? <laughs> yeah. I was thinking you were going to say the trees because the trees are all like hundreds of feet tall. Remember that huge. one tree? Yeah. Remember those few trees that we saw where the trees were growing on top of another tree? Mm-hmm. Like a there was also tree? a surprise there. There's like a little bit of a desert there, which yeah. I didn't really expect in Washington. So Yeah, that was a bad surprise. That was 100 degrees at midnight. Well, it wasn't bad. Good job, though, Lex. Good pick. Yeah. Good. Okay, Kylie, surprise Can I date. pick two states? No, just one, because oh. Dad still has to go. Okay, um... <sighs> Can I just, like, say both of the things? <laughs> just say one state. Go. Wyoming. I love Wyoming. You guys are picking all the best states. What the heck? Wyoming. You love Wyoming. Okay. Mm-hmm. And why? And then, okay, Wyoming, because I just love the horses and, every, and all the cliffs and everything. And then my bonus, since Mom got a little bonus, <laughs> is Everglades in Florida, because I just... It was so crazy when we saw the first alligator. Yeah. Yeah, and there was a lot of them. There's a lot. Shocked. Like, we were just... We were just parked, and then we looked over in this pond, and there's a giant alligator down there. Yeah, then we went into, like, alligator overload. <laughs> All right, Dad, what's your favorite? Um, well, since or, you guys, well, your biggest surprise, I should say. You guys took all my Oh, whatever. Favorites. There's so many more. <laughs> um, Montana. Okay. That's your biggest surprise? It's not favorite. Biggest surprise. I don't know. I, I, <laughs> I know. What it was state surprised you the most? Montana, Idaho, <laughs> Wyoming, and Washington. <laughs> and Utah. Utah surprised me. Utah didn't really Arizona. surprise me. I, I was expecting Utah to be awesome. All right. We're going to leave it at that. Yeah. That's too hard for me. That's yeah, too hard it's, for me. It's too hard. It was bare. I could barely make it. All right. We have an audio question. Go ahead, Tony. Hi, Fayolas. This is Tara. And my question is for all of you. What are your go-to favorite camping foods without an oven? Oven is cheating. And this question is for all of you as well. Since you know we are going out west in a couple months, and you know our route and the national parks that we plan on visiting, which one of these are your can't-miss parks? All right, two questions. First one, best camp food without an oven? That's easy because I don't have an oven. (laughs) (laughs) that's funny every single thing we cook tara (laughs) is our favorite no i get where you're going with that so you're talking camping recipes which to be fair we don't actually do a lot of this anymore and we need to um we we used to do camp foods all the time when we go camping well when we tent camped yeah we would cook everything on the fire i'd had tripod and we had cast iron and we had coolers and we would cook everything on a fire or a camp stove and or both. that is our plan. Again, I am thinking I'm already been looking at tripods and some cast iron. I would love not cooking everything. Are you obviously. getting into uh, campfire cooking? Not not me, you honey. Oh, you're buying it for me? Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> um, but we have a lot of good favorites. Uh, first, though, before I jump into that, we do use a camp stove when we go on Jeep trails all the time. And our favorite thing to do in that, which it's not an oven, so it does count, uh, we like to make tacos ahead of time. Then we can do um, tacos like on a Jeep trail um, or what are those uh, steak sandwiches? Oh, like a Philly cheesesteak? Yeah, like a Philly cheesesteak. Those are good. Um but on the campfire, I like to do the pizzas. Yeah. 
and the little like pizza pie. Like the little things. hobo pie maker things. A steak. Yeah. On the grit, like the grade thingy. Yeah. What's that thing called? Flame broiled. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, camping potatoes, you know, you just cut up your potatoes nice and small, small and stick in Lipton onion packet. Yeah, and some <laughs> butter. and Some butter, so good. Foil uh, it up and uh, throw it on the fire. Corn on the cob, so good. Yeah. On fire. What else? What else? Well, what do you, what else? S'mores. <laughs> that too. Um, but I will say, without... If just cooking outside means by any means necessary, I use my Blackstone. I can cook almost anything on it. I can bake on it. I've kind of, I've kind of gotten that down. It could still be, certain things could be tweaked a little bit, but uh, you know, if you have the right little accessories, you can bake on it. I cook all kinds of different meals: breakfast, lunch, and dinner. As far as that goes, and any like little outdoor grill or a Blackstone or something like that. You can make almost anything. Yeah. If you get creative enough. Yeah, on the Blackstone, you can do like the the pan upside down and you can cook a cake on it. Yep. Apparently. We need to try that. Well, uh, I've cooked cakes on it, a brownies, cornbread, all kinds of things. Biscuits. The brownies didn't turn out so well for they us. Weren't, they weren't bad. They were just a little too much cooked. So we need to lift them up a little bit more. Yep. So it's just a learning. Yeah. You're going to learn it. Basically, what I was using was uh, like a uh cooling rack for cookies or something. Yeah. And then I would put the pan on top. What I need to do is get it elevated off of that griddle top a little bit more. I maybe actually another saw inch. in a video they use a cake pan upside down. Yeah. So try that. That's next time. And then the national parks you can't miss that are on the route that you're taking. Number one, Rocky Mountain National Park. Um, of course you can't go over the entire road which is a bummer um the road is closed for the season for yeah. the season um but what you'll be able to see is going to be amazing you're going to love it yeah your jaw will be open the whole time <laughs> uh this time i was we just went in there and um it was amazing we'll have another podcast about that yeah. it got very interesting yes yes it did <laughs> uh but go going over the pass is unbelievable i'm yeah. so bummed you you're gonna miss that but up to that point is still just as good so you're gonna love it yeah rocky mountain for sure can't miss zion yeah zion is one for one of the first ones that comes to mind that you're gonna be going to because it is just massive and then i'm gonna throw in arches as well just because it's so unique it's yep. so different than what you're used to um on the east side of the country yep. <laughs> um, you're not going to see this anywhere so you're going to be surprised with that one I think you're going to love all three of those parks for yeah. sure that being said you're going to enjoy every single park you're going to the national parks are no joke on this side of the Mississippi and the Grand Canyon Grand Canyon is can't miss it's just a hole in the ground <laughs> <laughs> my next for that one I will say once you see it from above I think we need to see it from below River view. Yeah. <laughs> okay, just a couple quick questions here, um, and then we're going to jump into some more audio. How do you ensure your kids are getting a proper education while on the road? The exact same way that any homeschool parent does it, um, not on the road. We have curriculum that we use. We have a podcast on it, thefailers.com slash 34, where we go over all the different curriculum we use. We've handpicked curriculum that fits our 
needs um, for math and language arts and uh, writing and spelling, all of those. And then they get to pick different electives that they're interested in. Um, Lexi picked science this year, so she's kind of been diving into different science stuff. And Kylie picked veterinarian. And I even have one bit big fat notebook full of just science and I'm just got into unit five solar system in space nice yeah she reads like on her own <laughs> she loves sol- the solar system so and you guys are you I can tell you guys really enjoy it and then Kylie just took a course on out school for uh like a veterinarian like a vet vet tech right uh I took a course about being a veterinarian and it was I learned about, like, vet medicine and stuff, and I learned some things. I learned some things about horses. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that was cool because they went through a lot of different types of animals, right? They they did cats, dogs, horses, birds, I think, (laughs) lizard. But, yeah, we have, so we have curriculum, we have books um, that we do the main subjects on, and then we do all the other fun subjects, and we kind of mix and match. I don't use any specific, um, school type thing. You know, we're not, like, classical. We're not, you know, like, any of the types of schooling. Uh, we kind of mix and match it up a little bit, not including all the museums and all the, like, real-life experiences that we get to do on the road. Um, but, I think it's great, and the kids are super smart. So yep. if you would like, go ahead and quiz them sometime. <laughs> Test no. me out. <laughs> no, no, no. No, thank you. No, thank you. All right, another quick question. Can I rent out my home while I travel to s- supplement income? Yeah? Yeah, I know somebody no? who does it. I don't know. Yeah, my buddy Tim does. <laughs> uh, we've met other people who have, uh, instead of selling their home to go on the road, they just rented it out. Yeah, we don't know anything about it, though, because we don't nope. do it. But we do know people that have done it, and um, it is a great way to have money. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, so it, it, it'd be very nice to have, like, a residual income where without having to put in all, like, the work. Like, if you if we had our house back home, obviously, on the road, we can't maintain it or repair or something. So you have to hire that stuff out. I do know that. You have to have, like, a property manager or somebody that you trust that can handle all that stuff. Uh, what type of insurance do I need as a full-time RVer? We use Progressive. So. And and we do have full-time RV insurance. Yes. They're one of the only insurance companies that allowed it. Yeah, because we were, who were we with before? State Farm? Yeah. And they did not, they would not insure our motorhome for full-time use. Yes. Uh, Progressive is one of the insurance companies that I know a lot of people use. So that's who we use. We use it for our RV and for our Jeep. It's not the cheapest. It's not the most expensive either. Okay, moving on. The next couple we have is my niece and nephew. So, niece first. Ava. Ladies first. <laughs> Hi, Kai Maxi. We're your favorite snacks and candy. This is Ava, and I want to know what your favorite type of horses are. This is Ava, and I want to know what your favorite dinosaurs are. Okay, Lexi. Favorite snacks and candy for travel days. Let's add that in because snacks in general would be hard. <laughs> we know what that would be. Everything. Apples. Yep. Apples, cheese, crackers, crackers. Uh, goldfish, pretzels, Nutella. Cheese and crackers. Yep. And what's your what's your favorite? 
your ultimate favorite snack? Like candy snack. Candy. Gum. <laughs> I love gum. Okay, Especially favorite, the green. Favorite horse? An Appaloosa. And mine is a Sherry horse. Okay, and your favorite dinosaur? Um, mine's probably Carnotaurus. So, yours, uh, Velociraptor and a Brachiosaurus. Oh, you threw an extra in there. Okay. The next audios is my nephew, Aiden. This is Aiden. I want to know the coolest bird you saw. And I want to know, do you rather see a snake or a lizard on a hike? This is Aiden. And what's the coolest dinosaur bone you ever seen? Coolest bird. Coolest bird. A bald eagle that we saw was eating on the beach and it was so cool it's just this eagle it was eating, eating another bird right it was e- yeah it was eating another bird that probably died and or ate maybe, fish yeah and ate fish and then you could <laughs> see the fish yep that was pretty neat what about you lex i mean there's a lot of cool birds we saw but probably one of my most favorites are like the vulture circling what <laughs> we've seen a lot of cool like uh uh, Hawks. Bluebirds. We just saw some stellar jays. Those yep. were really cool. Those black and bluebirds. The magpies. What about the road? Road runners. Road, road runners. runners. <laughs> Those are really funny how they run super fast. I would say a road, road runner is probably a pretty unique one. Yep. Uh, yellow. The really bright yellow one we saw. Yellow the Tetons. Finch. Oh, it was a western tanager. Yes. There you go. Yep. Saw one of those. It was really cool. We've seen a lot of really cool birds. But like, like for me though, bald eagles always get me. Yeah. <laughs> like you start saying the bunch of like <laughs> singing. <laughs> Maybe I will. <laughs> we're like, where's dad? Oh, he's saluting the eagle. Um. Okay. <clears throat> Would you rather see a snake or a lizard on a hike? Uh, if it was a venomous snake, then no. But if it was just like a other snake, like a rat gopher snake that we saw, were, were those poisonous? Ven- no. Venomous? No. Okay. Like a gopher snake or a gardener snake, that that would be cool. But if it's I, a venomous. I'm calling then, your bluff on that. Yeah, I'm calling lizard <laughs> all the way. <laughs> what about you, Lexi? If it's Lexi? not venomous, then a, a snake. But if it is venomous, then a lizard. Lizard I'm or prob- snake? I'm probably going to go with Kylie. Oh, whatever. You guys would both be terrified. You guys would scream and run. But you know what? Maybe we will see. Maybe we'll see one, but hopefully it's not like a rattlesnake or something Mm -hmm. when we're out west. Yeah, that's why I said. If it's a venomous snake, then lizard, for sure. We have seen lizards. I would rather see a lizard every single time. We have seen lizards out there. Just give me the chills thinking about it. But we've seen snakes, not on hikes, but like on trails and stuff, Jeep trails and... So coolest dinosaur bone. I don't think you're going to be able to pick one specific dinosaur bone, but what was a time that you saw some cool dinosaur things, Um, either bones or footprints, or what was the coolest dinosaur experience? um, (laughs) The dinosaur monument in Texas, the footprints. Yeah. In the water. That was so cool. Like we were literally, we were literally like sitting in underwater in the footprints, but it was like really shallow. Like our head, we were sitting on the footprints, but our head was still above. Yeah, it was so cool. Yeah, that's Dinosaur Valley State Park in Texas. That was amazing. I think it was Big Ben, but there was a museum, and then yeah. in this glass in this glass case, there was like this giant the femur uh, bone. Yeah, the bone, yeah. and it was like super big. 
I thought you were going to mention one of like the Jeep trails that we did with the tracks. You know, we went out on that slick rack and saw the, the Prince. I don't know what dinosaur tracks they were, but one of them. And <laughs> that was really cool. Then we went to that, um, the bone trail, the bone trail and saw all the like dinosaur tracks in that lake thing. That was super and there was cool. there was fossilized bone in the yep. rock walls. That, that was we separate saw. though, so it was the same yeah, place, same but, area. Yeah, one is kind of like a thing you walk out to. I think it's called Mill Mill Creek. I think Mill Creek Dinosaur Park. Yeah, we'll link it in the show notes. It but was really cool. Really cool. And then at that same area, but um, like across, is a trail that you can walk on and see bones in the like the face of the rock, which is really mm-hmm. cool. But I like Lexi's, uh, the big femur at Big Ben. That was really cool. Okay, the last question we're going to do is our top moments that made RV life worth it. All right, Kylie, go. My first memory that made RV life worth it is we were in Teddy Roosevelt, and I was going to the bathroom in the back because we have a little portable toilet, whatever. Um, And... All of a sudden, a band of wild horses just walked right up past us. Yeah. And I was just. Coolest bathroom view ever. Yeah. I'd say that was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, there was probably 15 horses that <laughs> walked right by Kylie as she's going to the bathroom. She was like, her jaw was dropped. <laughs> she's like staring like, mom, going to the bathroom and there's horses walking by. All right, Kylie, another one. Uh, riding horses, riding horses in Utah. All right, cool, cool. I like it. And then I have another little bonus. It was when we were in White Sands National Park, and Dad played with us in the sand. We had we bought a sled that Dad got for us, and he waxed it, and then we all took turns. <laughs> even Dad yep. took turns going down this giant white sand dune. That was pretty awesome. <laughs> My favorite things. My first moment, I would say, is seeing the southern border and the northern border multiple times in one year. (laughs) And we've done this multiple years now where we've seen, like, we've been on the southern border, like, at the border wall. Yep. And then at some time that year, seeing the northern border wall. Yep, like, touched the (laughs) um, international boundary marker. Yeah, exactly. It was pretty cool. And that was, like, a real experience, like, like experiencing that I'm like okay you know you normally don't do that when you vacation you vacation to like one area that year you have your two-week vacation or whatever you have for the year you're not going from one border to another so that was really cool yep and then another one is I'm gonna just cheat here (laughs) just say like a bunch but places like the Rocky Mountain National Park Glacier Grand Teton all of these places are just so amazing to me and it's not lost on me that we get to experience all of this stuff. There's no way that we'd be able to experience all of this if we didn't live in an RV. Not to mention back-to-back years. Like we were like, do you want to go back here next year? Or do you want to go back (laughs) here on the way to this other place? And we all agree. Absolutely. We're going to the Tetons again. That's a no-brainer. Living in an RV makes it so convenient to go to these places um just like you said multiple times if we want in a row like that was so cool that we were at the Tetons last year let's go again or you know we were in there spring and let's go in the fall let's see what it's like in the fall yeah <laughs> I think we need to check it out in the winter now but 
Um, I'll do Yellowstone in the winter. <laughs> it, it was such a cool experience. And it's just so hard to do that when you don't live in an RV. It's hard making all of the different, um, you know, getting the hotel, getting the car. Living in an RV just makes it super convenient to do all of these things as many times as you want. Um, you know, like Yellowstone, for example. We were in Yellowstone for six weeks. We never could have done that in real with a real life, with, like living in a house and not living a real life. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, we're living a real life, but um, not living in an RV. We never would have been able to experience Yellowstone like we did. Yeah. And a good example of that is the next year, I wanted to plan for our 10-year anniversary. I wanted to plan a trip to Yellowstone in the winter. So yeah. we were not going to take our RV. We had to... Uh, you know, fly there, get the hotels, get all this stuff. I had to get all the logistics ready and it didn't end up working out because it was just too complicated. Yeah. So, um, it's not a, it's not as convenient as living in an RV and just being able to pick up your home and go wherever you want. Um, and these cool places are what we get to experience because of it. So nice. that's mine. Good one. Good five. <laughs> At least seven. <laughs> Lexi. So mine are at Great Smoky Mountains. There's these cabins, and they're like they were totally empty, but it was just like so fun going through it because like there's some doors with very old doorknobs but still shiny, and <laughs> and they're little doors. Mm -hmm. Some of them are like the size of you. <laughs> yeah, Lexi was like, when I grow up, this is where I'm going to live. Like, yeah. we're adults, Lexi's size, 150 <laughs> years ago? Yeah, the cabins in the Smoky Mountains were a hit for Lexi and Kylie, both. Uh, they both ran through those houses, like, loving them. Yeah, I think they, they explored every single one of them thoroughly. Yeah. <laughs> Lexi would tell us, oh, and then you could put this here, and this would be your house, and this would be where the kitchen would go, and... <laughs> And I was like, we could run the water right through here, and then the heat, and then the yeah, everything <laughs> else. And what's your second, Lex? In Capitol Reef National Park, um, there was a a Swiss cheese wall and <laughs> a Swiss cheese looking wall. Yeah, but there was like these holes, craters or holes. And I could fit up in them, and it was, like, super cool because it was, like, a cubby for me. Yeah, I think I, <laughs> I picked you up and put you in one of them, like, six feet off the ground. Yeah, I have pictures of both the kids doing it. And, you know, it's funny. That's, you know what loves those holes? Snakes. <laughs> Snakes. <laughs> and you guys are all playing them. I was like, who let them do that? <laughs> but we would see them if they were in there. Yeah, that was fun. All right, and for me, the top moments that make RV life worth it, buying a Jeep. First of all, <laughs> this is silly. You can buy a Jeep when you live in a house. But we wouldn't have because we had a we had our trucks. We had True. Tahoe. You had your your van that you loved. Yeah. You know, we that wasn't really like a thought for us. We did test drive a Jeep when we were looking for a vehicle when we were going full time, but we didn't like it. It was kind of a lemon. So we didn't really look into it any further. We just got another Tahoe. Yeah, I think also living in an RV and getting out to all these cool Jeep trails yeah. yep. makes it also, like, exciting to get a Jeep. Yeah. Like, the Tahoe wouldn't be near as much fun. No. <laughs> it was way nicer, but not nearly so as So much more space. Yeah. But 
So that's that's one, not in any particular order. <laughs> Maybe it is. <laughs> and uh, what's the other one? That's not as not as good. The other as one, that one is it's getting to hang out with my family every single day. Because before when I would work twelve hours a day, sixty hours a week, I'd have, you know, one and a half to two days off randomly during the week or a Sunday. We'd always be busy. We'd always be doing something to the house. We'd always have an event to go to, something like that, sport or something. So this, instead of seeing my kids for an hour a day when I got home, uh, I get to hang out with them. I get to see them grow. I get to see their education. I get to be part of that, which I wouldn't be before. So that for me is is pretty huge. It's good to see you go through it too. I remember in the very beginning uh, when you first started doing it, you're like, I can't do this. I just can't do this. And now you're like awesome at it. Way better than me. Like the last week, <laughs> last week I'm like, how does your dad do this with you? <laughs> but you're, yeah, I love that too. Because there's, there was times that you didn't even get to see the kids. They'd be yeah. sleeping before you got home. So yeah. Yeah, that is all the questions. So many good questions. There was actually more questions. I think we're going to have to like fill them in to other podcasts. We kind of had, we had some repeat questions too. So yeah, we kind of condensed some of them. But there are some that I think will fit into some podcasts that we're going to do. So I kind of saved some of those too for that. I did reply to a lot of people though, just so you know. Um, and it, if you haven't got it, and again, I said this in the beginning, but I want to say it again. If you haven't got a message from me, I will reply to you again, just in case you don't hear this podcast, you at least still get your answer. And then finally, at the end here, before we wrap up, I just want to talk briefly about the future of our podcast. It's ending. hundred and done. hundred and done. Just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding, just kidding. Both the girls looked at me like, what? <laughs> no, uh, we're going to continue doing this, obviously. Uh, weekly. We're trying for weekly <laughs> as much as we can. Um, and like I said, I do. Would, I would like to do some video eventually. Uh, so we'll see what happens. But We need to dial in before we do video. <laughs> We do get sidetracked a lot and have a lot of, <laughs> there's a lot of bloopers that are actually cut out of the bloopers. By the way, would you guys like our bloopers or are they a waste of time? They're my favorite part. So they're yeah, staying. I love, I love listening when mom's doing it. I just like sit there and wait because we're all saying bye and then blooper, blooper, bloopers or whatever it says. And I'm like, yes. Yeah, the bloopers, uh, even if you don't like them, we're keeping them in because sometimes that's like the only part of the podcast I'll listen to is the, <laughs> the bloopers. Uh, but yeah, that's, I just want to know what you guys think about them. All right, cool. That's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening to 100 podcasts. We appreciate you so much. Uh, obviously, we wouldn't do this if it wasn't for you because <laughs> if we didn't get downloads, that'd be kind of boring. <laughs> So thank you so much, uh, and stay tuned for next week. We're going to talk about cold, rocky mountains. <laughs> cold, cold, rocky mountains. All right, we'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye. All right, Bye. talk soon. Bye. 100. 100. 100. Let's do that again. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Stop. Okay, ready? No, you can't make noise while you're doing it. But mom can't see. I can see. One hundred. I can see. I can see. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> She's looking in the opposite direction. <laughs> you can see. No, I can't see. <laughs> you passed the peripheral test at the eye doctor. <laughs> He's gassing it, Lucky. Oh, God, our heat just Hold turned on. on. <laughs> That's turn a first. On. Yeah, I don't think we've ever had the heat turn on during a podcast. <laughs> Only the air. <laughs> That's a hint for our next podcast. <laughs> <laughs> We take a crap ton. Let me say that again. I thought she was about to throw that pillow. (laughs) (laughs) How long do you stipically? Stipically. (laughs) Montana. Harloton, Montana. Harloton, Montana. From Harloton, Harloton, Montana. (laughs) What do you, what do you, Harloton, Montana. I wonder where that is. Is that on the west side or the east side? We'll have to look it up. Let's get everybody get started on the podcast, and then we'll all take breaks. Hey, man. 7.30. Woo, it's getting Stop towards yawning. close to my bedtime. <laughs> Actually, say Harloton, Harloton again one more time. Harloton. Also, make sure you're... Also. Also. <laughs> good God. Also, make sure you listen to episode 99. What? No. <laughs> You're looking at me, telling her no. <laughs> She's loving. Also, make sure you. Ep- oh, good God. Okay, hold on. This is <laughs> Oh my gosh. One hundred. My chin. Let's do it again. <laughs>